Deuces loose. Touchdown, Elks. Trade forward into the end zone. Edmonton's home for great stories, local heroes, and everything you need on the Oilers and Elks. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates. Alberta Injury Lawyers. The heavy hitters of injury law. Step right up, ladies and gentlemen. It is the hour of frivolity known as Inside Sports. Here's what's happening in the NHL tonight. The Blue Jackets taking it to the Bruins. It's 3-0 early in the third. After two, the Florida Panthers lead the Ottawa Senators 3-0. Sam Reinhart has scored two goals. Sam Bennett has the other. Sam Reinhardt's up to 15 goals on the season. That's a lot. Sabres lead the Rangers 2-0, seven minutes into the third. Lightning and Avalanche just getting underway. Flames host the Golden Knights in half an hour. Jacob Markstrom sick for that one. Dan Vladar is going to play, and the Capitals will play the Sharks later on. Now the Golden Knights will come up the highway in an airplane, Flying, so really they're not using the highway at all. If they drove the plane down the highway to get to Edmonton, that'd be something. Golden Knights at Oilers tomorrow at Rogers Place, 5.30 for the face-off show. The game will start at 7 as the Oilers chase another three-game winning streak. They had one not too long ago. Then they lost their next three games. Now they've won their last two. Uh, so they have won five out of their last eight, which is about the pace they will need to play to get to the mid-90s in points, which would likely give them a playoff spot. Monday Night Football has not been a barn burner. Unless your barn burns very easily. It's 3-0 for the Bears, leading the Vikings with 7.08 left in the second quarter. So... Here, the Oilers, uh, what are we now, a quarter of the way through the season, 20 games. Um, They're playing better. They have won a couple games in a row. They still have a lot of work to do. They still have to pass a lot of teams to get into a playoff spot. Uh, One team they did pass yesterday. Doesn't mean they've passed them in perpetuity. But they did jump over the uh, Minnesota Wild yesterday, who have have, uh, fired their head coach, Dean Evason. The Wild 0-5-2 in their last seven games. 5-10-4 5-10-4 on the season. So Everson gets fired. Assistant coach Bob Woods also fired. And John Hines takes over. It's going to be his third position as an NHL head coach. He's also been with the Devils and the Predators. Dean Everson, the coach of the Wild since February of 2020. Every season he's been their coach, they've gone to the playoffs. He has a points percentage of 639. Sound familiar? Jay Woodcroft's points percentage with the Oilers was 643. Granted, Jay was not with the Oilers for as long as Everson was with the Wild. Uh, Everson was 147, 77, and 27. Yes, 70 games over 500, but they uh, dropped seven straight, and uh, he's gone. So Minnesota, who you know have been a pretty good team, trying to figure it out. For the Oilers, uh, if you're looking at the playoff cut line, there's six points out with a couple games. I mean, technically, uh, Nashville and Calgary are tied for the last playoff spot because they're 500 in terms of points. Or Pardon me, Nashville and Arizona are 500 in terms of points percentage. Seattle has the last playoff spot when it comes to points, but they're below 500. So the Oilers got their work cut out for them, but they are playing better. They're 7-12-1, which is not a good record, but... 
some signs of life how they've played the last two games. I've been looking at moneypuck.com, which is a really good website, though I'm starting to question how they do their their uh, playoff odds because yesterday before the game it said the Oilers had about a 35% chance of making the playoffs. The Oilers win one game and get two points. Now they're at 57%. So anyway, I guess that's that's better than it was. Uh, sports club stats, n- not updated after yesterday's game, uh, but it had the Oilers at 6.5% after the win over Washington. So anyway, if you believe the odds, or if you're like Ta- uh, Han Solo, never tell me the odds, then whatever. There's the information for you. But I do think they're playing better. Um, certainly the, the power play has scored some big goals lately. Pulled away against last night's, I guess, whatever, 6-2 or 8-2, but still they scored. But the three goals against Washington was nice to put that one away. They seem to be playing simpler and more in straight lines and being more responsible in the neutral zone. And they just crushed Anaheim in the neutral zone yesterday, taking advantage of turnovers and scoring off the counterattack. So uh, a little bit of positivity there for the Oilers. And now two big games. Vegas is very good. I mean, they've had a little bit of a dip here in their last 10 games, but still very good, leading the division. And uh, the Winnipeg Jets, solid. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10, and, of course, beat the Oilers in overtime earlier this year. Happy to hear from you tonight at 780-496-0063. That's the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. That's the same number to uh, text the show, and you can email the program, Inside Sports at 630Ched. Connor McDavid's the first star of the week. Why wouldn't he be? 12 points in four games, including nine in his last two. The first player to get consecutive four-assist games since Nicholas Backstrom did it in January of 2008. And he's just the third player in Oilers history to do that. Gretzky did it three times. Curry did it twice. Uh, McDavid looking very dangerous. Kucherov, the second star of the week. And Soros was the third star. The Oil Kings unveiled their uh, their Santa's jerseys, or the Teddy Bear Toss jerseys, for the Teddy Bear Toss game on Friday. And this helps out 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous, which is uh, the elves are working hard. i got to tell you. Remember, we're looking for new unwrapped toys and books for infants up to age 20. 12 in Edmonton. You can donate at all shopping centers, Costco, Ikea, Toys R Us, Superstar, Superstore, and Canadian Tires. Uh, you can come here to 630 Ched and drop toys off between 9 and 3. You can make donations by credit card at santasanonymous.ca. That's where you can check all the uh, donation locations for uh, St. Albert and Sherwood Park as well and find out where other donation boxes are. Delivery days December 16th and 17th. The depot hours. 9 to 9 on weekdays, 9 to 2 on weekends, and there's a donation bin outside for after hours. So keep that in mind. And we'll uh, have John Sabo from the Edmonton Oil Kings on a little bit later. In a few minutes, we'll be joined by Chris Morris from the U of A football team. U Sports Coach of the Year. That was announced last week. Uh, great work there for Chris. Kellen, before we go to a break, give me uh, give me one text if we got time here on the Oilers. Yeah, for sure. On the Oilers, uh, we've got one on the line here from uh, Joey De Niro. It's a quick one. It's a short one. My wild prediction, Connor McDavid will win the Art Ross Trophy. Well, could happen. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't count the young man out. What is he up to now? I mean, a few, a couple weeks ago, he was like 130th in scoring. He is now 13th. 
tied with a few other. Well, I guess actually Reinhardt has a point tonight, so uh, he's jumped up a bit. But McDavid coming into today's games, uh, 13th in scoring, 25 points in 18 games, 10 behind Nikita Kucherov, who has 35 and 20. I have seen McDavid do enough incredible things and rack up enough points that it, it would not surprise me if he tracked down the Art Ross Trophy. And if he does that, then the Oilers are going to win a lot more games too. All right, we'll get to more of your messages as we move along. 780-496-0063. Chris Morris, U Sports Coach of the Year, next. For all the news and expert opinion, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Okay. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. It was uh, a pleasure throughout the uh, last uh, few months here to talk about the U of A Golden Bears football team. Made it all the west to the all the way to the Canada West final. A lot of incredible stories. You know, Matthew Peterson, a running back. Uh, Eli Hetlinger, a quarterback. Uh, Jonathan Justini, kicker and defensive back. Uh, on and on we go. And uh, of course, another great story last week. Chris Morris, after uh, having already won Canada West Coach of the Year, won the Frank Tyndall Trophy as the U Sports Coach of the Year, the first Golden Bears coach to do it since Jerry Friesen back in 2004, and I'm pleased to welcome Chris back to Inside Sports. Chris, it's Reed. How are you doing? Great, Reed. How are you? I'm doing great. I appreciate you making uh, time for us. I know you're still very busy, uh, e- even though the season is. Because weren't you talking to a bunch of players today? Were there meetings going on? Yeah, we had a, had a bunch of one-on-one meetings with our guys, but we have our like our big selects program starts up this weekend. We have like 150 kids coming from all over the province and we start working with them this weekend and we work with them all the way until the end of February um, where we take them down to Orlando and they play in this big international tournament. So we start that this weekend. So we're working through all, you know, all our player lists and getting all those things done. So it's, yeah, <laughs> there's no rest for the uh, rest for the weary around here. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for, for taking time to join us. Can you, describe how it felt and what went through your mind when you were named U Sports Coach of the Year? Yeah, you know, Reed, I'm just helpful. I'm very, very grateful for the help I get around here. Like, I have some really, really good assistant coaches. Like, this, like, any sort of award like that, like, it has a little bit to do with me, but it has really mostly to do with the guys I have coaching, my assistant coaches, the support staff here at U of A, you know, the facilities we get to use, all that. And, like, and more importantly, read anything else, like, the men in the room this year, that team that I was, like, fortunate enough to get to coach, like, there's some good guys in that room, and they really, really care, and they work their tails off to get us to the point where we're a very good football team now, and I'm, I'm even more grateful that most of them are back next year. So, Honestly, I just I, when when you're talking about something like that, you really just accept it for on behalf of all the other people that are so invested in what we do here. Okay, so you mentioned a lot of players. Who are you losing? Like, I understand a lot of this team is going to be back next year. Yeah, we lose Jonathan Rosary and we lose Riley Safransky. Those are our two fifth-year guys that we lose. So, so Rosie, obviously, is one of the best offensive players in the country. Um, Safransky is a workhorse for us, just a, a team captain and incredibly – I don't think he got the credit for the type of player he was. He's a very strong defensive lineman and really a tremendous leader on our team. We lose Quadwo Bohen, who is, who's another a defensive lineman for us, and then we lose Morgan Runge, who was our fullback this year. Uh, there's still a chance Morgan could be back, but I, I, I don't think so. Um, so we lose four, and you know what? Out of uh, 
when you talk about four guys off the roster we had, you know, there's a chance we could lose a couple of guys to the draft. And, you know, most of the time in the CFL they draft guys, but they send them back for their last year of eligibility. So there's a chance we get some guys back there. But we're we're sitting with a good opportunity going forward here for the next two or three years with a lot of guys back on our roster, which is nice. Well, that's, that's great to hear. And, look, Chris, you and I have talked uh, a lot over the years, uh, I mean, the first year you, you took over, you, you guys didn't win a game. Uh, you had a lot of seasons with one, two, or three wins. I mean, you did have playoff spots, and you did have uh, Ed Hill Nicky win uh, the Heck Crichton. He was on, by the way, a couple weeks ago, and he was just thrilled to see how you guys were doing. But you always talked about setting standards and building a program. Uh, and, I, and I know, like, it's not like a coach's work is ever done. But do you feel like, are you ready to acknowledge, yes, we have taken a step. Things are markedly different from when I took over. Yeah, well, Reed, we, like we have a 97%, you know, academic retention rate now, which is drastically different than, than when I got here. We have a bunch of kids getting drafted every year. We have a bunch of guys in pro football right now that have played here. We have kids that work incredibly hard, incredibly hard all off season long. And, don't complain about how hard they're working. They want to work harder. So, yeah, we've, we've taken some very important steps to where we want to be. Um, I'm really proud of the guys we have. Like I said, the kids I have in that room are special kids. They've done a lot of work getting us going, building a culture that we can all be proud of and that a culture that actually gives us opportunities to win big games at the end of the year against other people who really mean business. So there's been some big steps. I think, you know, there were some baby steps early. I've always talked to you about this. It's all finances. Like, like initially, if you don't have the scholarship money to bring in elite athletes, you can coach incredibly well, and it really just doesn't matter because you can't match up. Um, so, you know, we've done a great job forming some partnerships, some really, really good partnerships, you know, Arpus North and RBC and a whole bunch of alumni who have stepped up to, to build our scholarship funds. And that's allowed us to have some initial success. And then that initial success has now led to top players wanting to come here. And then they come here and they have a good experience and you get more top players. It's, it really is a process to get to where, where we're at right now. And, you know, you're never there. You're always working to be better, and you're always working to see what you can improve on. But there's been some significant movement forward for us, and you know I'm proud of the guys that have all been part of that journey. Chris Morris, uh, U of A Golden Bears football coach, joining us on Inside Sports. Uh, last week he was named the uh, U Sports Coach of the Year. Um, look, part of the story is how the season ended, and uh, I hate to, to bring up tough moments, but... Um, uh, did you? How how often in your mind or on video have you gone over the final ninety seconds of that game? Yeah, well, I don't know. Reed, there's no way to get. It's impossible to get any closer to winning a game and not win it. Mm-hmm. So really, we were in a position where you know one more play had to sort of go our way, and we win that game, and we're we're off to the uh, we're off to the Mitchell Bowl. Um, it really was heartbreaking for everybody in the program, and it, it was one of those things where you know it was a, we talked all year about building like discipline and and um, and being able to stay calm in moments and being able to execute when it was the the most important moment. And you know, it took a one in a million shot, but we we just we slipped on a couple things right at the end of a very important game, and and as a result, we got to watch UBC play the next two weeks instead of doing it ourselves. So you know. It's, it was heart-wrenching for me because I saw some kids, like I talk about like Safransky and, and Jonathan Rosary, who are just, 
just heart and soul kids who did like an incredible amount of work. I don't, nobody really understands what it's like to come into what's one of the worst places in the country and build it into being what's one of the best. Like it's, it's really pride swallowing, heart wrenching work to do that. And uh, those kids did it and they did it like with all their heart and soul. And to see them lose that way was very, for me, it was, you know, even now I get emotional about thinking about like, yeah, they just deserved a better fate. But again, if you deserved it, we would have got it. We just didn't get it done, so it's unfortunate, and we just got to use it as a as a building block for us moving forward. But you know, obviously, very disappointing for especially for those four guys who don't get to come back. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you mentioned all the players from from the U of A who have been drafted and, and are currently playing in the CFL, uh, and he was on the show last week. Uh, I've I've got to know him uh, fairly well uh, professionally over the last few seasons. What did it mean to see Justin Lawrence become a back-to-back Great Cup champion? <laughs> yeah, Justin, man, I'll tell you. Like, he's a classic guy, man. He's too short to play, but he just keeps winning Great Cups and just starts winning All-Stars at, at center, right? And it's like, I remember when he was here, all these coaches telling me how oh, he's, you know, he's really good, but he's not going to be drafted, and he won't. And I was like, this kid can play football, man. And I remember Coach Mack, Coach Mack Dermott, who was probably the biggest influence in my in my life as a coach he used to be my offensive line coach for the Eskimos pretty much the whole time I was there and he used to say if you can play you can play and Justin can play and I I think it's just I think it's funny watching him just win Grey Cup after Grey Cup (laughs) constantly shut guys down and just you know and and people still like well I don't know can we get a different guy you know maybe a guy that looks a little different and then Justin just beats that team out for a Grey Cup like it's just yeah I think it's almost comical but yeah it's 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 fun watching them you know Reed I was (laughs) two nights ago the Arizona Cardinals were playing and, and my guy Carter O'Donnell was lining up against Aaron Donald playing <laughs> just, yeah. it's, it's awesome watching these guys have some success and, and do good things it's just it's just so much fun to watch to watch them fulfilling what their dreams were and i i just think it's such a cool thing well i'm glad you mentioned carter o- o'donnell yeah because he is this his second nfl team he's been on because he was was he yeah, Colts he first was, right he, yeah, he was with Indianapolis, and then and then the uh, they left they they left him on waivers, and and the Cardinals picked him up, and he started the last two games for the Cardinals at left guard. And he played against uh, yeah he's yeah like I said he's playing against Aaron Donald the whole game. I was like holy cow man, what a deal! That's he awesome from Red Deer, Alberta, and playing for the University of Alberta Golden Bears to block an Aaron Donald in a NFL game like that's incredible. Yeah, we'll have to try and uh, wrangle him here uh, during the season or after it, it ends because uh, we've had him on the show a couple times as well. Well, Chris. Uh, you know, again, thanks for hopping on. You're, you've always been uh, great with us, and uh, we're, we have many more interviews to come with you and your players. But again, congratulations on the season and being named U Sports Coach of the Year. Thanks, Reed. Much appreciated. Chris Morris checking in tonight. Yeah, great stuff. I mean, just uh, a, a feel good story was the U of A football team. I don't think there's uh, any other way to put it. Now, they have raised expectations, right? But. I think that's fine. I'd sooner have high expectations than have the years where you're just hoping they win a game or two. How about those teddy bear toss jerseys for the Oil Kings? We'll dive into them next.